All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, which means it's time for the big three. You know, you know how it goes, Sports Empire Network. We're here every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Got another great show for you. Before we get into that, you know, let me, let me introduce, you know, the guys. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing great. Is looking forward to a great show. We got lots of basketball. Talk about lots of great playoff basketball being played. It's good times. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, we we know one person on here is going to be excited to talk NBA playoffs, <laughs> and, and we'll definitely get into that later into the show. One person who Dylan. Yes. Dylan. Yeah, it's Dylan. I'm sure, Dylan's Dylan. loving it with the playoffs. You know. I mean, have Kyle here. Y'all play tonight, right? Yep. Yeah, we do. Been a couple of days. I've seen a bunch of people overreacting on Twitter. So I'm sure tonight's going to be much of the same, one way or the other. Uh, but yeah, so Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, no teams in sports outside of you know Seattle and the NHL doing really well. So I'm just kind of watching these playoffs and just enjoying them. I thought yesterday's game was a really good game. Um, I'm glad it wasn't a blowout like the last two games were on each side. But overall, I mean, I'm just enjoying it right now. I'm enjoying seeing the Kraken do good. We play, I believe, if it's not tonight, we'll play Wednesday. We're up 2-1 right now. One more win in the conference finals. I'm, I'm excited. First, before we get to join, just want to say, what's up, Jory? See you in the chat. Appreciate you tuning in. Sure, I mean, I know she's happy for last night as well as a, another Laker fan. They're, they're everywhere. And... All right, Jordan. How you doing, man? Coming off the big win last night. I'm sure you're happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm going to have another great great episode. Um, you know, playoff, you know, your team's playing tonight. Um, what the crazy game that happened? Uh, game what? That was game four for you guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Is it? Is it? Or, so, Suns is a later game, right? Yes. And then Philly the first game. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Like you said, uh, Lakers. That was a pretty good game up in the fourth quarter, back and forth. Um, Lakers is, um, you know, we did what they had to do. Um, now they got to take it. I mean, we'll get into all that. About, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, up three one. So I'm. Yeah. yeah like you I'm, said, we'll we'll I'm get into to, to NBA playoff. Yeah, and I'm, all that. I'm excited. I'm gonna talk about it like right now. Like I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> we got favorite favorite for later. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll lead into it. We'll lead into it. Um, got a couple of other people here. Maybe uh, Lakers Celtics Jones. finals. That'd be a I'll good series. It could happen at this point. I, I don't know anymore. Or My Miami out the. I I, I was here in Miami outside of the uh, Lakers. Miami. Seeing Miami in the finals again might be the worst thing for me. I, I wrote them off this year. If they make the finals, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look crazy with that. I saw on Twitter, um, like it can be a bubble repeat. Uh, Heat and Lakers in the finals. I don't want that. Sure, but I don't want it. It, it, it could. I mean, but, I, I mean, no, no one wants that. I mean, I don't think anyone outside of Miami likes the Heat. I hate this team. We'll talk about when we get to basketball. Yeah, yeah. We'll but I, I hate sure. that. I hate that team, and I have no reason to hate them other than they shouldn't be good. It's, it's, hey, Jake. I, mean, I, I know we're not gonna talk about MLB, but who's your MLB team? The Brewers actually just got oh. a hat the other day. That's pretty sharp. Nice, nice. Best logo got, in sports. Um, I don't for know baseball. anybody else on that team except like Christian Yelch. 
yeah, they got the, the, star, the yeah. yeah strength of that team is the the pitching staff with Burns and Woody and uh Peralta and yeah Peralta. Peralta. They got three three legit aces on that staff that are holding the team down. Pitching nice. else. Oh, Sajin, Daniel Barry, appreciate you tuning in. I mean, Sajin letting us know if my sons lose the series, riding with Miami. Fair enough. Okay. Sounds like a Freddie. Sounds like a Freddie thing. I don't think he's switching allegiances. He's just that. No, it's just the team that's like. I don't think Fajin, maybe, I don't think he knows about Freddie, but maybe he's confused. But no, I guess I'll Freddie. Oh, I, I, I was going to say, Freddie once was a Rams fan, supported them in their Super Bowl win, and then he hopped ship, hopped ship and hit a Giants fan. So. I don't think so. I didn't know who he's rooting for. Yeah. Like, same, the same thing. Like, if the Celtics lose, I'd probably say. We I'm all have a team. You know? like, no, no. We, we have a team when our guys are like, I'm, like for Dylan and I, our teams aren't out, but we have, I'm sure there's teams that we're internally rooting for that we want to see win because that's just how we, we are as sports fans. You root for a team. And so that that's what I'm saying. Not accusing you of being a bandwagoner. And I don't think, any, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be a bandwagon fan for Miami, anyways. You're on last night with Fred. Hi, so you already met him. Yep, yep. Yeah, he was in the chat for Chiefs. He's yeah, yeah, he was all he was all up in the chat, man. Thought you hear awesome with yeah. that. Yeah, so appreciate you tuning in another night. But before we get into the NBA, since we're all anxious to talk about, we we'll talk about the NFL really quickly. Uh, Are we doing the NBA schedule. reference tonight? Yes. Towards I, the end. Okay. Have, awesome. Yep, I have players ready to go. It's been about a couple weeks I've had them ready, but tonight awesome, we'll actually awesome. do. Them. But uh, can't wait. Schedule release is Thursday night. We know it's always a big thing for a lot of fans to see who they're going to be playing, when, what part of the schedule is going to be the toughest part of the schedule, who's going to have primetime games and all that. So for you guys, first question, is schedule release really, is it a big deal for you? Like, do you make it appointment watching to watch, you know, NFL network coverage or ESPN coverage as they release it? Or do you kind of just... Wait for it to leak a few hours before, and then you're good. Let's start with let's start with Jordan on this one. Um, I think that like back in the day, I didn't, it didn't really matter, but now with the whole switcheroo of like quarterbacks and you know teams have new coaches and stuff, and I mean, well, maybe not off the bat, like the Colts can they get a couple primetime games with with CJ Stroud? Like most fans want to see him, or like Panthers. Well, that, that might take a couple of years. Like Bryce Young on the Panthers, people want to see you know the number one draft pick, see how, how he does. So it's it's, it's hard to see which teams like um, get the get prime time this year because, like, I'm pretty sure you saw my Twitter uh, on my pocket Twitter page. I said that like it's, it's it, I liked it because like teams that who are had not really been in the limelight of like prime time, they could they could they could get a chance to like you know show themselves you know and and um. And some new teams to make a rounds on the Texans now, so a lot of different you know people on different teams. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not really like I want to say it's like an exciting holiday for me, but I, I just want to see. Like, I'm curious to see like you know if the Ravens play on Christmas or you know what you know what matches or you know what the NFL decides to start with like Bengals and Bills or Chiefs and Eagles Super Bowl matchup rematch, you know so. I'm just excited to see like what the matchups are and like now me and Jory have a bet now like with the Titans and 
uh, Ravens, they play. I think that's that's one of our away games. So I'm curious to see when we play. Like, is that going to be like a Thursday night game or a Sunday night, Monday night game? So I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Dylan, you know, schedule release, is it that important to you? Um, I mean, it's not like something like I'm waiting, marking on the calendar or anything like that. Um, it's more of like something I just like, you know, look on my phone when it's over with. I, outside of that, like it gets me excited. I mean, it gets me excited for the concept that like you actually can start like, you know, picking winners and stuff like that. You can start predicting your season be like, OK, we have two road games this week. Then we go play a home game like this is who we play off our bye week. And it's where you can kind of start making your predictions for the season. You know, that's when people will start making their predictions. Their win totals will start becoming a little more clear, everything like that. But outside of it, it's not anything that I'm like overly excited and like crazy to see. It's just something that I'm like, OK, like, cool. Okay. So Sajin put in the chat, can't wait for the NFL schedules. So who's your team, Sajin? I'm curious to yeah. see if you uh I mean Suns basketball fan, fan or are you a Cardinals? Oh Suns, fan? yeah. Ooh. I'm a I'm a that. Kyler Murray fan, so I guess I can't hate that. Yeah. <coughs> Jake, are, Jake, are you anticipating schedule release? Uh no. Like it for me, I don't really care. Like I've been a football fan my whole life. I'm in my 30s. This wasn't a big deal when I was a teenager watching football a whole lot. Um, so I don't care. The yeah. like, we got Seahawks tied to the Nations. Seahawks fan. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say that the only thing I really care about is that I'll look at my schedule for my team and I want to know, okay, who? Uh, what's the bye week is all I really care to find out. In like May and June and July, I want to know when our buy is. See if we got a good buy, and then I'll look and I'll see who's playing on Thanksgiving, and just see if the Thanksgiving games look good. Other than that, it's like there's a Black Friday game too this year. There, oh, there is, and that's that's very interesting. But other than that, this feels it's more of something just to kind of get the addicts along a little further to the we get to further stuff for the NFL. But for me, it's like eh, it's cool to, to, that they make a thing of it, but I don't pay a whole lot of they could release it in june and it wouldn't make a difference for me i'll put it that way fair enough yeah i'm surprised that's a good point i'm probably do it this early maybe this is if people people can start talking about it and like, it's for people stuff. to talk about it they want like, to the content the nfl wants to take as much media attention as they can yep. and they know that the that the basketball the finals haven't ramped up quite yet the draft just ended the like i said the nfl fans they're their addicts, more or less, since this is another thing to kind of string them along. Just to I, mean, kind I guess of for, I guess for I, I guess for all addicts, we're all football fans, yeah, and it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like it's not like, yeah. like freaking like alcoholics, but it's, oh, no, no, no. it just keeps us going. It keeps the it's interest, exciting. and it's something the NFL. It's like getting a tattoo. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like once the <laughs> NFL gets, once they figured out how to own more months of the year, they've slowly been trying to do that, and this is another way they've been doing that. And it's not, it's smart business. It's great business but for me as a fan it's doesn't weigh too much heavily on me mm-hmm. you like like after on the football topic um are y'all thinking about getting the uh youtube tv like i want to know package? the price i want to know the price i was looking they i think it was they said it was like two, I, was it was it like 249 or something like that for uh, well, i think if you sign up before june 6th you get a hundred dollars off so, so you, well, it was like 300 so It'll be like a hundred dollars off of three hundred something. So like two forty nine. I know it's like a whole year. I know for hundred dollars. Yeah. Maybe I can get my dad to split it with me or something. 
They already have my parents <laughs> there. They said, hell no. <laughs> but me and my brother might do it. Me and my brother might split it. So. Right. It's well, really tempting because you get any game you want. You don't have to. But I'm not a YouTube uh, subscriber. Oh, I'm not yeah. a YouTube member. So. I think even I think they even have it that you don't necessarily have to be with YouTube TV to get it. You can get it as part of like your YouTube normal YouTube subscription. I think. I'm sure they have. That so you can have it separate from YouTube TV. I believe. I should have had the single oh, game pass. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I know that's the part yeah, that a lot I think, of people. I think they had the single. I think they had the single team package where you go, like, nope, if you want to watch don't. your Seahawks. Oh, I thought they did. I thought they had the. No, it was it was rumored that was something that they might do, but they never did yeah. it. So it might be something like next year. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I mean, Ravens are going to be on a lot of part-time games this year. So, um, maybe the Seahawks yeah, too. Maybe. Uh, I'm sure the Seahawks have a couple of matchups later on. We always we always get like two Thursday night games and like two Monday night games. It's weird. Yeah, didn't they say they're gonna have like two instead of one prime Amazon Prime? They're gonna have two prime two two games on Thursday, which I don't know, I don't like. Cause Amazon oh, people oh, a lot of people don't like Amazon Prime. It teams can I, be on I Thursday night football twice. Oh, oh, that's twice. They can be on like so yeah, twice a season. Oh, so yeah, because before it was just you were on. Once, because they yeah. tried to get every team on prime time. Oh, I thought it was two games on Thursday. Oh, okay. No, no, no. But I do like kind of the the stat tracking that Amazon Prime does have. I think that is pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get it's just gonna get some used to for fans to be like, oh yeah, Thursday night gotta go to Amazon Prime. I think that's where it was last year. It was like a lot of people kind of forgot it was on Amazon Prime. And then we had to be reminded, and they were just like, "Oh, whatever." But I think it'll be fine this year. But looking at prime time, because like we all said, that's kind of what we look at with the schedule. At least Adam Schefter, you know, he talked about the changes to the schedule. Uh, NFL will have a Black Friday game, first time ever. Which I'm not doing anything Black Friday anyway. I'll watch football. Uh, yeah. Games don't necessarily belong to networks anymore. I think that's a so yeah, interesting aspect to it. I was confused about like what is so, so basically. So basically oh, oh, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. So yeah. So basically, what it means is, and this has been going on for years and years yeah. and years, is that the is that one network will have the majority of the NFC and one market, and one network has the AFC. So for instance, if you've noticed, Fox usually has like every NFC game, and CBS has been having the AFC the AFC yeah. games. Same yeah. with playoffs; like it's it's very structured. Now, when there's in a like game, you know, between has like the Sunday night or whatever. Yeah, time. and so when AFC and the NFC play, they change it up a little bit because they're obviously it's interconference play. But the, they sign a contract. Fox and and uh, CBS sign contracts for the NFC and AFC respectively, and now it's just basically going to be uh, like a highest bidder and we kind of saw that i don't remember which game it was but there was uh there was one game this year where fox paid a lot of money i think it was the niners bucks game that that maybe cbs paid a lot of money for and it would turn out to be a blowout one of those games a network paid a lot of money to get because they wanted to have that spotlight and i think that's what kind of started this discussion it's interesting I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think it's really going to affect a whole lot of a thing other than just what I've been used to for 30 years watching football. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I see where it could be beneficial because if you're in an area where maybe the AFC game that's on 
alongside the NFC game. Maybe the maybe the AFC game doesn't interest you as much. So then that network probably looks at it and says, "Well, this other game is pretty good, just because not an AFC game. You know, we can't have it on on our network. So now you probably will just get two really good games, one o'clock window, four o'clock window, instead of one kind of being uh, maybe it'll be pretty good, but I don't know. But yeah, I I think like Jake said, it'll just be interesting to see." the decisions the networks make with certain games and will they take advantage of it necessarily in the best way? So for instance, so like if I, I wouldn't like if the networks, whatever, so now it's like a free for all, like the, uh, that matchup. So like I, it, there's no point in me paying the YouTube TV then. Right. Cause I mean, cause I'm in Jersey. So like the CBS, they play the Jets games or Giants games. Cause I, mean, I, I would say for you, yeah, because I feel like if there's any chance for them to put the Jets on, they probably will. Oh no, I know they will. I know. Um, well, I, if the Jets got blown, they might put their Ravens or whoever Titans, whoever is on next, whatever. Like, say, say if that's like the same time block, like one o'clock game, if the Jets are not like getting blown out, which now they have Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not sure they're gonna get blown out. But like, I know like they might just if it's like 45 to six, um, they they was gonna flip it over to like the next game, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was confused, like about that. Like, they're gonna have like certain channels where it's like AFC and then or, like CBS gonna have you know a couple games. It, yeah, it's just gonna be up for grabs. So the teams are, I'm assuming, there's gonna be some sort of bidding process or some sort of contractual. Like they head in each week saying, okay, let's make the plan for what which games we want. They have to come to some sort of agreement. Okay, we'll concede this one to you, but next week we get this this matchup that we really want. Um, and all, the funny thing is all of that can be avoided by getting the YouTube NFL uh, pass and just picking any game that you yeah. want. But but to Kyle's point, like I can't tell you how many times growing up uh, in, you know, the western part of the country, Broncos were on, on my market. And when the Broncos were bad, I hated seeing them like a Broncos Raiders game where both teams are bad. It's like, gosh, man, this I'm watching it because it's football, but this sucks. Mm-hmm. And now you can have more flexibility for the networks where they can ultimately make more money because there'll be more interest in watching the games. So Sajan asked, I wonder how many overseas games will be played this season? I think they... I know there's a Germany game. Yeah, our team's playing Germany. The Saints and Patriots playing Germany, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I forget that because the Patriots have like a big following in Germany because they've had a couple of uh, players who came from there. Uh, hold on, Jake. That YouTube pass is a car note payment. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds expensive. I don't like it. As someone yeah, doesn't have I, a car think, payment, I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I think the regular that. price is three forty nine. If you sign up by June sixth, you get it for two forty nine. Jeez, that's so, yeah. a lot of money. So that in plus that's not in, oh that including playoff games too, but they're free anyway because they're on national television. A playoff game. So yeah, the, and the, the playoff, playoff games. Work, yeah. Yeah, because every game is going to be. So basically, it's like I mean, because because I got in, well, I, I might delete it now because it's playoffs, but it's basically like the NBA League Pass, really. But NBA League Pass is cheaper though because you it's like forty not fourteen ninety nine per like well that's per month. So, but you get every single like well you can add like add free, but like me I can watch like Utah versus. Like thunder and stuff, and yeah. you know, 
I so think it's basically, thing... it's basically like that, right? It's right. It's similar, but the thing that's different with it, as far as I know, with the YouTube Pass is that there's no blackout uh, markets. Right. Whereas with League Pass, if you're like, for instance, when I lived in Utah and I was a Utah Jazz fan, I wanted to get League Pass, but I couldn't watch any of the games because right. it was it was blacked out. So it's kind of pointless. Here, it's you could pick any team regardless of the market, as far as I understand it. I believe so, yeah. And that's a that's a big plus for for the uh, YouTube Pass. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, let's see. So teams can be on Thursday Night Football twice, talked about. And then maybe the biggest point of this, not all teams are guaranteed to have a primetime spot. So if you're trash, no reason to put you on primetime. I'll be would anybody does anybody have a problem with that? Because we know normally they put a team on at least once to expose them the to bet. the you know, NFL market. Are they meaning just like any team or just like the crap, like the Bears? And no, so any like, team. Any. Take this like season. Friends. The schedule comes out. Like Houston. want to see – I was going to say the Cardinals because they've been kind of <laughs> a mess for the past couple of years. Like what you want to see the Cardinals on primetime. Prime some might because of the Kyler Murray at least aspect of it, but some people be like, ah, I'm good on that. The Texans because of – you know how bad they've been the past couple of years. That might be another team that wouldn't be guaranteed one. Now, because they have a young quarterback, that might save them. Maybe they get one mm-hmm. just to show CJ Stroud. But you know, some other teams where they've been struggling for years, looks like they're going to have another terrible season. For the NFL to put them on prime time for nobody to watch it, what's the point? Yep. Uh... And and. For Anthony saying, you know, asking when did all teams have a primetime slot, they have for the past few years. And part of the problem with Thursday night football's popularity is that when the league makes their schedule, they're like, okay, um, the really crappy teams, you get to play on Thursday night. Exactly. Yep. And so people, and even this past year, it'd be like Texans, Titans. And I'm like, I don't want to watch. And it starts at 830 at night if you're on the East Coast like I am. It's like, I don't want to stay up till 1130 or midnight watching two crap so it's a great market uh, some people just write off thursday night football because it's had historically bad football mm-hmm. games because you have the short week which leads to bad uh bad games and then bad teams just kind of compounds that yeah as anthony says them games which this kind of helps them out because like jake said thursday night just became bad team Got to get you on prime time. We'll dump you on Thursday. If people groan about it, we'll, we'll live with it because at least you're going to get better Monday night, Sunday night games. A lot of AFC South teams yeah. on Thursday. To be honest, night. the only Thursday game that I really enjoyed was probably that, that – uh, um, was it the Ravens, Buccaneers, uh, when they played Tom Brady? That was the, other than that, Broncos got blown out a lot. Yeah, you enjoyed it because you were a Ravens fan. Well, no, so but – I mean, that matchup was like, hmm, we, I don't care. We usually play um really on Monday. Well, if you're in prime time, we usually play Monday Monday night or Sunday night. Um, so Thursday night, I was like, all right, cool. I it's, it, rather I rather say then than play watch the Broncos or who they play. Got blown by the Chargers, I think that one. That no, one Thursday the night Denver game. Colts game that Anthony mentioned oh, in the chat was, was atrocious, and so this helps fix that where we don't yeah. get these bad teams. Now, granted, Denver was mm-hmm. supposed to be a lot better than you know people yeah, thought they'd be no. better than what they turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they as might even as get what, worse as, when Sean Pays in town. 
as as far as the flexing goes, I don't think you could flex a Thursday night game because of travel, and you have to be very careful with the Thursday night game on the schedule. But this just helps fi- clear up the garbage, so to speak, and get more good games on the Thursday night. All right, so Sachin's wondering who are our NFL teams. I'm a Patriots fan. Jake, Saints. Uh, Saints fan. Yep. Yep. Dylan. Seahawks. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dylan cheered when you said Seahawks, so you know he's another Seahawks fan. And then, and me, Jordan. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm just a casual. <laughs> no, yes. um, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Yeah. And then, no, Anthony in the chat is the Commanders fan, I believe. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Sajin, yeah, that's who our teams are, and trust me, you'll hear a lot about them during the season. The but yeah, you and Dylan rocking the Especially 12th the man and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so, looking at looking at the four changes to the schedule, what do you think is the potential to be the biggest get for the NFL and really drive up popularity and which one of these do you think could backfire on them? Let's start Thursday with night. Okay. Um, probably playing Thursday twice mm-hmm. is probably going to be one. Not No teams now like playing on Thursday and now you're telling some of them that they have to play twice. Um, I don't think they'll be pretty happy about that. I'm not a big fan of Thursdays either. I think some teams might not like the all prime time, well, not guaranteed prime time spot, but I don't think it really eh. get good. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. Just yeah. I mean, may, and maybe um, the game's not belonging to networks, but again, like mo- every football fan, if they're watch already watching it on Fox, they can watch it on CBS. They'll have access to probably both. I mean, outside if you have like Paramount Plus or something like that, I guess that might be a little annoying. You'd have to switch mm-hmm. like. You know, let's say if you're a Chiefs fan, I know Chiefs play a lot of times on CBS. Um, so, you know, maybe you have to switch up there. That could be a little annoying. But outside of that, I think the two Thursday night games is where teams won't like it. Yep. I'll agree with Dylan. The the teams playing twice on Thursday night is definitely going to be the one that, that could potentially backfire. Uh, like Dylan, I don't like Thursday night football games. I'm really old-fashioned in that way where I feel like the quality of football is very low compared to even regardless of the teams that are playing. It's not the best football that you see. It's usually the more injuries happen. The players don't like it. The players are saying, you say you care about safety, but you're adding more Thursday night games to these teams. I could see that backfiring as far as what could make things the biggest boom. um, I'd say that not all teams having a primetime spot guaranteed will make people want to watch would would otherwise be bad Thursday night games or even bad Monday night games that they can't flex. I think that's a pretty big get that I really like. Um, but as far as the Thursday night games, I'm not a huge fan. As far as Black Friday, like that's cool, but kind of sucks for college football because a lot of big rivalries play a game on Black Friday. So I wonder how it will affect that. But that's mm-hmm. that's college football's problem, not the NFL's problem. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was. I wish I was in the um, like the meeting with Roger Goodell or like NFL because like I, I've heard like on Twitter um, that a lot of NFL fans would like that instead of having like, I mean, they, they can have like maybe one Thursday night game, but then have another. Oh, well, sometimes they do, do this for like the end of the year when they can flex, but they can um, flex games. But um, I like the idea of having like so you had your Monday night game or you had your Sunday night game. 
that technically people say that Sunday is our first day of the next week. So you have Sunday night game, you have the Monday night game, and Tuesday, take a little break. People can travel Wednesday, Thursday, one Thursday night game. Um, and then Friday, that's, I think that's more high school, college football, then have a game on Saturday. You know, Saturday's a big college football day. I know that's where I think I wouldn't I wouldn't see it happening, but I've heard hey people like oh I don't mind like going to a bar on Saturday like you know um, watching a, a game or two you know or a game um, I wouldn't mind that all but then again at college football like yeah. that's the issue but um yeah that's I why mean, they I'm, that's why they basically wait until that would y'all be like quiet, that you, quiet period between the end of the college football regular season and the bowl season to like flex then the game. NFL puts Saturday games on because they know yeah. Saturday well, y'all wouldn't be opposed to that I mean other than college football but yeah like because usually some games are like one o'clock usually like they have like a 425 game or like an evening game like yeah but games are packed, too. for college football Saturday you get one o'clock there's usually a really good matchup four o'clock a good one that's that'd be Saturday hard to prime do. time yeah, it's, it's gonna be rough to try to schedule an NFL game and not take away from the college football audience because then you're kind of splitting your fan base. Because a lot of NFL fans are fans of somebody in college football. That's so true. You could risk doing that. I just thought you know having football like every every other day, that'd be awesome. Like NFL team, like you know. But I guess they can plus you travel too, like you know. So that's another basically do. There's some college football games on Tuesday somehow. There's mm-hmm. some on like Wednesdays. Yeah, almost like that. Uh, Sajin, Seahawks, Mariners, Suns, Tampa Bay, Bay Lightning. Lightning. Tampa. North LFC. Dakota State football. LFC. North Dakota football. Uh, what is LFC? Or is that Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Oh, LFC? Notre Dame, LFC. Oh, um, 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 um. Is that soccer? Yeah, I see LFC. I'm thinking Liverpool. Liverpool Soccer Club or Football Club? Okay, Notre Dame Football. The yeah. last, I, didn't, I didn't even see the last one yet. Okay. All right. Did we yeah. get that right side? It's LFC, Liverpool, and ND. Okay, Liverpool. Liverpool. There we go. All right, so we got another soccer fan. Appreciate one of my favorite players. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, we got to answer that question on my show about the um the Ronaldo Messi debate with this, the dude from England. Yeah, In the Champions mean, League, too. He asked a question about the Champions League. Soccer is... Who won that game? Uh, I know we're off track, but Real Madrid, they played uh, Man City. It was a draw, 1-1. Now okay. they play next week in the second leg to see who moves on to the Champions League final. So my Man City pick is still looking alive. All right. So before we get off of this, you know, any other final thoughts on NFL before we get to the NBA playoffs and everything? No. Nope. All right. So let me remove this real quick. So as we set up the playoff bracket, and we're also going to get into some of the awards as well. So I guess I actually do the awards first. I think some of these were kind of interesting. So we've learned the rookie teams. We've learned defensive teams. I think all NBA is tomorrow. We know that's going to be a big uh, talking point for for some players. So first with the rookie team, here we go. Got the first and second team rookies. I can pull this back up. I'm going to remove it real quick because I can't see it. I hate when this does this. 
Alright. I think it's loading again. Alright. So as we see, the rookie first team got Paolo Bancaro. That was a given. Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City, Walker Kessler from Utah, Keegan Murray from the Kings, and Benedict Matherin from the Pacers. Second team got a couple of Pistons and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern. Got Jabari Smith Jr. from the Rockets, Jeremy Soshan from the Spurs, and Tari Eason from the Rockets. Looking at those two all-rookie teams, do you think they got it right? Do you think there's a guy that maybe you would have replaced with one of these guys down here who also received votes? Um, or are you happy with the first two teams? I mean, I'm pretty much happy with it. Outside of maybe I would have tried to see how I could get uh, Sharp on the second team. I thought he had a really good like second half towards the season and played really strong, better than some of the rookies on that list. But uh, overall, I'm fine with it, really. I think the first tier is pretty pretty good. Who's the, who are the other players? Um, AJ Griffin. Um, oh, the like Spartans. Yes, Nemhard, Sharp, AJ Griffin, Christian Braun. Yeah, I saw that news. It was like the Jalen. There was they had that mix up. Yeah, this that was terrible. The odds of them getting two guys named Jalen Williams. Luckily, they spell it differently, but that's that's wild. It's funny. Uh, Jaden Hardy, Malachi Branham. Yeah, I think they got the the first team and second team. Yeah, they got it. All right. I, mean, I don't know Ty uh, from Houston. Oh, Tari Eason, yeah. Uh, or Jeremy. That might be the one surprise, possibly. Jabari Smith, I think he would. I'm surprised they didn't. Well, I guess he's on the Heat. Well, well Bunker's on the Magic. But I was saying that they uh, Jabari should be in the first team. All NBA. I think Jabari first. had a slow start to the season. That's probably why he's on the second team. And Walker Kessler really came on, so that I, I think Kessler probably deserved the nod over uh, Jabari Smith. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but Kyle got he got a hundred. That's crazy. Well, he had the rookie rookie of the year, so that's awesome. Yeah, there's no way he wasn't going to get a hundred. I'm surprised Jalen Williams also didn't get a, uh, all the votes. He should have been a hundred percent as well too. Hold on, Jake. Got to remove you. Bring it back a second here. All right. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah, so Jake, good to hear from you. What do you think about the the all-rookie teams? It it makes sense. Um, There wasn't really anyone that stood out that was a shocker for me. Um, Like, Paolo's there. Kessler's there. Keegan's there. Like, everyone looks pretty good. Um, Jaden Ivey's a little low. I thought he might have made the first team. He could have stuck in there, but really, I've I have no complaints here. I, I thought all this looked pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty strong rookie class overall. Like if you look at it, there's a lot of really good rookies in this class, and yeah, I have I have no no qualms. You could again, you can make the issue for for Ivy over over Williams, but uh, it, it's a good it's a good rookie team. Okay. All right, and then we also learned about. Pull this off real quick. We learned about the all defensive team. And let me pull that up here. 
this one might have a little bit more of a of a reaction for a couple of guys that are on one of, on these two teams. But uh, is it all rookie defense or just like all like the regular? Just, this is, uh, it's this all, is all defense. It's all be. NBA defense. I can't really. Can you? Wait, I might have to, I might have to expand my screen. I was on the. Oh yeah, okay. Now I, I like I, that. I, that I, how many times they've made it as well, too. Yeah. So we're looking at the first team. Got Jaron Jackson Jr., Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley, Alex Caruso. Second team: Derek White, Draymond Green, OG Ananobi, Dylan Brooks, good old Dylan Brooks, and Bam Adebayo. Any issues with either of these teams? You know, a player you might have thought should be on one of these teams that isn't. Or are you Man, happy this with- is this is tough because I'm looking at this at, at the player I'm looking for that stands out is Draymond Green. He got a lot mm-hmm. of people voting for Defensive Player of the Year. I thought if I had to vote, I was leaning. He was one of the guys I was really heavily considering. But you look at the other two forwards, Triple J. He won Defensive Player of the Year. And then Evan Mobley, it's like, man, Evan Mobley's a defensive force. A lot of people like him have a really hard time thinking, but okay, should I put Draymond over Evan Mobley? Is that like a overwhelming favorite? That's, but maybe. I think Draymond should have been on the first team. Uh, other than that, looking at the centers, Brooke Lopez, I had I like him being over, over Bam. And, and the guard spot, Drew Holiday and Alex Cruz, I feel like they're the right selections it's just i feel like draymond should have been a first team let's put it that way where is Giannis? hey hey what the uh i feel like an idiot for not even seeing that (laughs) i mean dylan brooks evan mobley jaron jackson all should be on there but are we really having og over no og should not be on there over Giannis. i'd I'd have to check the i would have to check the stats out to be safe but i know like even then like Giannis was like a top four or five finalist for defensive player of the year and now he's not on that yeah i definitely switch out like Giannis for like evan mobley but didn't Giannis miss like a portion of the year for like that doesn't matter for this though that matters for next next year year. it matters for next year No, you're right. OG and Anobi. Look, OG's great, but I feel like so many people overvalue OG because he's in trade rumors all the time for being a young defensive wing. But come on, Giannis should be on there. He's the most feared athlete. He gets defensive player of the year votes, but can't even make one of the, the two teams. That, and you got four first good, round good call out. 46 seconds. Wow. So Jerry put Dylan Brooks got some sympathy votes. I maybe mean, from hey. team, maybe from his own team. I heard the Grizzlies <laughs> wanted to break up, and they're like, "Man, that kind of sucks." Yeah. I look that—that's probably one of the names that definitely caught my attention, especially at the guard position. I mean, I know Derek White's on there, but I always think about Marcus Smart. Um, but Dylan Brooks, look. His, his claim to fame was a defensive guy. Uh, we could take all his antics out of it. His offensive game for as lacking as it is, you know, he is a defensive guy. So I guess for most of the year, I feel like he was probably in the consideration for all NBA defense anyway. It's just yeah. that the way the season ended, yeah, well, a lot of people were probably looking at that name and wondering about it. Sure. Uh, I know a lot of people on the network, Phillies, you know, Sixers fans, Joel Embiid, 
who's a pretty good big man as a defender, but I mean, would you take him over Brooke Lopez or Bam Adebayo? No, I, I wouldn't. Bam Adebayo's ability to switch is really, really yeah. what sets him apart from other bigs. And part of that's because he's not as tall as Joel. Like, Joel's like 7'1 or 7'2". Bam's smaller mm -hmm. as far as the height goes, but it gives him more mobility and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't have any issue with that. Uh, and one thing as far as the voting goes, we talk about Dylan Brooks. These votes had to be, as far as I understand, had to be submitted like two or three days after the regular season ended. So all the playoff, uh, the Grizzlies falling apart right, right. had yes. no impact yeah. on this. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. Well, looks like at least Anthony supports my Marcus Smart. Yeah, no, I, I'm surprised Marcus Smart wasn't on, on, on either of this. Like, I, I, I guess this is how it really works. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. I hate saying uh, that, but Marcus Smart is one of the best point guards in the league. Like, that's... Apparently not good enough this year. I mean, he I used to, I used, to be honest, I used to hate. Uh, not Dylan, I, used to, I used to hate Marcus Smart because he kind of reminded me of like a point guard, like Draymond Green, like a point guard's body. But now I understand, like you know, he's a big part of like the Celtics. Like he dies for balls, he hustles and stuff, and you know. Yeah, once you start getting into like the game and knowing a lot more, you, like you realize what players like Draymond Green, Marcus Smart, like they might not have the prettiest stat lines in the world, but what they do in other different things really sets them apart. Yeah, definitely. And Marcus Smart, you know, he had to grow into that point guard role as well because he kind of played it at Oklahoma State. Then with the Celtics, they try to kind of make him a two guard, but he's not really the best shooter. And they, you know, try that, that's being like kind Kyrie of Irving smart. Isaiah. <laughs> well, look, there, there's some games I'll be honest with you, I'll watch. You'll see at the end, Marcus Smart will be like six for eight from three, and you'll just be like, okay, so now, now he's a three point shooter. Then next night, he might go two for 10, and then you're like, stop shooting him. Then he'll hit like some random big three, you know the following week and it's just like you just gotta take it for what it is he'll play defense he'll knock down a couple of threes you live with it but he's also like an emotional leader which usually guys like that that's kind of the role they take Draymond Green you could say he's like the leader of the Warriors for you know his emotions and all that and the, the way that he plays so those guys definitely have a spot in the league but now that we have brought up Dylan Brooks that kind of gets to one of the questions I had because Dylan Brooks is the, the topic of of the NBA. We know that the well, – actually, let me take this down because we don't need this anymore. But the Grizzlies told him, we are not uh, re-signing you under any circumstances, which that part I thought was a little wild for him to add that on there because I don't think I've ever heard that with a, you know upcoming free agent. But – now, it's a lot, like a lot of people wondering, with him trying to be the villain, could he have maybe pushed himself out of the league? So the first question would be, where do you think Dylan Brooks plays next season? I know it's kind of early to think about that. You, if you don't have like necessarily a specific team, maybe a type of team that would bring in a Dylan Brooks. I like uh, Miami. With, okay. 
I like Miami. I think Miami would be one of those teams. He kind of fits like, you know, if you look at Jimmy Butler and you kind of look at Dylan Brooks, like they're both liked because not liked because they're kind of just assholes. Like that's just really as simple as it is. And I feel like he would kind of fit that Miami vibe. Kind of he's kind of he's kind of gritty, you know, being good defensively. Um, I think he would fit that. I think Miami would look at him as uh, as another good defensive piece, someone that they could you play over one of their undrafted guards that they probably will still have on that team. Um, yeah, I think Dylan Brooks would probably be very well suited in Miami. And then I like the Pistons, just a defensive wing that can help them teach a lot of their younger guys, you know, hopefully not how to be an asshole but you know at least when it comes to being very well defensively because love or hate dylan brooks he is a he is a good defensively i would say making a defensive play uh, making a defensive team isn't a surprise for me it's something i could have probably said he might have done in his career before retiring um so yeah so anthony said in the chat he put brooklyn as a team and that's a team i've kind of had uh, thought when we talked about this before it's like brooklyn makes a lot of sense they have a ton of cap space they're a young team they're rebuilding they need some good guys on the wing that can help stop all the elite players in the uh, eastern conference and it just kind of made sense i like dylan's take on miami he definitely is a heat culture guy and i hate that heat culture stuff i feel like he gets overplayed but he fits the mold like you we can hate jimmy but what we want but we have tons of respect for him like i have nothing but tons of respect for Jimmy buckets. I just hate seeing the heat play. So, and I think Miami has learned to accept being a team that people root against. They saw that, especially early on with LeBron James. So I think they could embrace that. And yeah, I think it makes tons of sense for him to go to Miami. It's just a matter of if they can get the, the cap space uh, that they need. I need Dylan Brooks to scare straight Ben Simmons to play better or play at all. That would be an interesting dynamic if, Dylan Brooks were to yeah, ever be paired up with Ben Simmons, how would those two interact? Like, would, would Ben Simmons just run and be like, I, I need a trade. I can't deal with him. <laughs> or would Dylan Brooks light the fire under him that everybody's been waiting to see? I kind of doubt it. But No, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He would, yeah, he would, I'll, reti- I'll, I'll he would retire he before that. Probably. He'd retire before that. Well, if you don't like Ben Simmons, then maybe Dylan Brooks is your fastest way to get Ben Simmons to retire. <laughs> Dylan Brooks comes in there first day. There you go. Gets in the <laughs> like, all right, I, I'm out. I'll I think a team, I mean, I, I I like Dylan's pick by Miami. Um, I mean, obviously, um, they would still have a good coach in the exposure. I mean, I like what anything about the Knicks too. Um, and also, I think a dark horse team. I know what talking about. I mean, Milwaukee's coming with a new coach. So maybe like Dylan Brooks can. I, well, I know Drew Holiday's there, but um, maybe he can be like the two guard and we'd be with Giannis. Um, that's another, like I mean, Boonholzer got the boot, so maybe new coach might look into that. Um, Giannis is a humble player. Maybe he'll kind of teach Giannis the ropes and to be respectful. Um, because he have to like worry about Giannis. He'd have to worry but about I'm saying like the way, huh? But her red the Nassus, we have to worry about the bodyguard. The Nassus doesn't do anything else. Oh, the, oh, the, the Nassus. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what you got to But, about. like, like I mean, I don't know if y'all saw that press conference when Milwaukee got, like, swept or almost – it was, like, 3-1 for one. And the reporter asked him, like, like something like – um, he asked him, like, was this season a lost cause or whatever? Was, was and, it a failure? It was the term. Or a failure. And, like, Giannis handled that, like – 
a true like professional and like maybe Giannis can kind of teach Dylan Brooks like you know how to Brooks ain't gonna learn anything, man. Come on, he is who he I is. Mean, at this point. I mean, we're all human. We, learn, we 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 can't learn, you know. So it's not like he's not willing to learn. It's like the matter of the right player and like okay. we, we've all said that it Memphis might depend the on because they're all young. Contract he gets if he gets like a really good deal, he'll probably just be like, "Oh, my antics got me this. I'm just gonna be who I am." If he can kind of get somewhat humbled through free agency, then maybe because I've heard Shaq say this that Dylan Brooks has to change his mentality if he wants to continue to be an NBA player. Because we all know, like like I said, he tried to be not just a villain in the league; he wanted to be the villain. And then when the backlash came to him. He ran from it. So at that point, you can no longer be the villain anymore. You just have to be whatever Dylan Brooks 2.0 is. That's what you got to do. So I do think in your case, Jordan, I think because of how the, this season went, he, he has to change something about the personality. You know, maybe he yeah. still comes in with the wild outfits and all that, but maybe the, you know, open trash talk of certain players, maybe that dies down a little bit. I don't know, but I also think like Jake, we'll probably see much of the same next year, to be honest with you. I'll put a question this way as far as, because I think Dylan Brooks is who he is and he knows he's gotten this far being this. Right. Who who do you think would is more likely to change in the future as far as their personality and what you see on the court? Dylan Brooks or Ben Simmons? Like, I think Dylan Brooks. But but you have to think about it is the point. <laughs> the, the point I is is, is Ben too. Simmons is such I a... About it. I said Dylan Brooks, like, he's more willing to learn. At least he's willing to play. Sure, but, like, the point That's is, true. like, Dylan, is it with Dylan Brooks? Like, you have to think. And Ben Simmons is the worst contract in all of basketball. Like, he doesn't play, and you're still thinking, well, would Ben Simmons maybe change a little bit before Dylan Brooks? That's the whole point. Obviously, it's Brooks, yeah. but you have to think about it, and that shows you... That just it's entrenched in who he is. Yeah. So Anthony put, I'll trade Drew Holiday and three draft picks and three other players for Dame to the Bucks. So he's trying to gut the whole Bucks roster to get Dame. Be interesting. I I haven't really heard a lot of those that talk, but I wouldn't hate that. I would if I'm a Bucks fan. Here's the question for the Bucks though: Is would you rather have? Drew ship off Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton? Yeah, I think they would try to do whatever they could to keep Drew Holiday. And, and I think I, I agree. Chris Middleton. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge Holiday fan. I'm a huge Holiday fan. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, he's definitely going would be the one guard of the yeah, one guard of the two. But yeah, I, I mean, I probably do like Chris Middleton because he's been inconsistent. I know he had injuries and stuff, and like he's just been like he was supposed to be like that that. Like that Clay Thompson for the Bucks, like that knockdown three point shooter. I mean, like he has really he's he can hit shots, but it's like consistently. So he's just a hot and cold player. Yeah, yeah and he wasn't hot down. enough in that series. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Oh, Dylan, you did you say what you thought Dylan will play next year? Dylan yeah, Brooks? I said I was the one. Who yeah, said he the said heat. Miami. I said Heat, Pistons. and then probably Pistons. Okay. Pistons would be interesting. They have a lot of young guys. I mean, if you bring Dylan Brooks in, are you automatically making him like a leader on that team? I thought about it. What about about another team, Chicago? With uh, being paired with, um, like, Mazza, he's not coming back. Um, 
I mean, they got Caruso. I mean, they got DeRozan potentially. Caruso was all defensive first team, though. Caruso helps make that team go. A lot of people like I think Chicago needs more help on offense than anything else. Yeah, if the like Chicago bringing in Dylan Brooks would probably be like, um, we tried the Lonzo like, Ball thing. I mean, he'll still give you the three. He something for Lonzo Ball, and I can see that, but I don't really know who's taking Lonzo Ball at this point until he actually steps on the court and shows oh, so, people what he can do. Oh, so they need to trade Lonzo and then kind of like throw it. Yeah, because I don't think Lonzo's a free agent yet, I don't think. And, you know, Lonzo is a kind of defense first type of player like Dylan Brooks. But only thing is Dylan Brooks actually plays. We haven't seen Lonzo in I don't know how long at this point. It's been forever. Yeah, it sucks. He's he he'd turned into a really good player. Anthony says, Hold, you talking about hot and cold player Drew Holiday is one too. He, he is too. He is too, but I feel like his his defense and his leadership on the team is it was what would make me want to keep him over Chris Middleton. And that's that's just me. I'm not a huge I'm not a Bucks fan. I don't watch him all the time, but just I, I would pick him over uh over uh, Middleton. Okay. All right. Let me see. Next question I had. All right. So I guess one more thing with Dylan Brooks, but more so the Grizzlies. I kind of think the way that this is going, the Grizzlies are putting a lot of their failure on Dylan Brooks. Fair or unfair, but that's what it kind of seems like. So looking at the Grizzlies season, how much of the blame pie do you put on Dylan Brooks, and then who else should get some blame in how this season went? Um, John Moran. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, I, I I would say it's just the Grizzlies itself. I can't blame it on one player. I can't blame it on anything. It's just how the Grizzlies just ran their whole organization this year. Well, obviously, they did a horrible job keeping an eye on just, like, what the team was doing, how they were acting any like sort of good PR training, they just threw out the window. Like it's just all on the Grizzlies. They just had these superstars. And I think, you know, the team kind of blew up a little too bigger than expected. And maybe the current staff didn't know how to handle that. Maybe they do need to get some different coaching in there. Not coaching, meaning fire head coach, just meaning like people around in that area. Um, yeah. It's the whole Grizzlies in a sense, you know, you had jaw out for time, you know, the team could have probably done a little bit better. If he was he he was still there, he probably had a little bit better team chemistry. Just overall, it's the Grizzlies, though. A lot of them talk crap. It wasn't just, you know, Dylan Brooks. A lot of them did stupid stuff. It wasn't just Dylan Brooks. I mean, I think it's just overall how the team was ran this season and what the team did to try to control the players. Yep. I'll, I'll agree with Dylan. Like, Brooks is going to get his blame, and he's getting scapegoated super hard, and it's probably the best thing for the Grizzlies franchise is that you put all the blame on Brooks, you kick him out, you move on, and you try and bring in some adults into the the front into the organization to kind of restructure the the leadership that's in the team. I give him like twenty percent. I give John Morant a ton of blame. I give the coach blame for not being in more control, for the front office not being in more control, because all this was was just the organization just failing. It was just a failure. They they were front runners. All of them talked trash. They like if you're telling me that that Stephen Adams being injured is what caused all of this to happen because he's the right. one adult in the room. Like, come on, I, then you're just not building a good roster. You're not building to account for good veterans. So 
Brooks is going to get scapegoated and hopefully Memphis can change. Because again, I've said it multiple times on this podcast before. A couple of years ago, they were the team to root for. They were the team that you wanted to get behind. And now they're the team that's just so easy to hate because they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, kind of for me, it's looking. Go ahead, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of, like, um, the, like, Frank Vogel situation where it's, like, they're, well, it was a player than a coach, but they kind of use, like, Vogel as an escape goat, even though, like, it was a player who weren't playing well. I know it's different. Dylan Brooks kind of, like, you know, did that on himself. It kind of reminds me of, like, that, like, either the Russell, like, when we first got Russell Westbrook, was it, like, they're using like Russell as the issue that, you know, he wasn't really a teammate, a locker room guy. He's kind of selfish or like he wasn't really a player who plays well with LeBron. So let's fire, let's just fire Frank Vogel, you know, that he was the reason why. But I know that's a coach, but um, just as a player, but kind of reminds me of that. They're using like, like how you said that they're using Dylan Brooks as like a, a scapegoat. Um, yeah. Easy. You, you, you find a way to spin it so you can gain momentum into the next season and momentum into the off season to fix the perceived issues of your team. That's what they do. And I saw a situation kind of like this with the Celtics. They had a lot of young players. There were some questions about maturity and leadership. What they do brought in Al Horford. Al Horford is a pros pro great leader. And you've seen how the team has taken off. You know, they even brought in uh, Blake Griffin who doesn't play a lot, but understands his role. And the players will tell you, like, he's a great locker room guy. He keeps it loose. So hopefully Memphis's front office takes this season and goes, we could have all the young talent in the world. But if they're not mature enough for this, this is what's going to happen. And Steven Adams, like Jake said, cannot be the one guy whose purpose was trying to keep all these young guys in line. You got to bring in some other ones. John Morant has to mature for sure. Because if he's going to be the leader of your team, he can't be getting in trouble like he did this past season. So that a lot of it has to fall on him for sure. And, you know, was Taylor Jenkins the coach? You know, maybe he can't corral these guys. Maybe he's not fit for it. Now, I do think if this goes into next season, Jenkins will probably be a guy who gets fired because of it. Because if you already did Dylan Brooks this way, obviously the coach is next. You're not going to trade Jake trade John Morant not going to take that on so not unless he does something stupid again right exactly so tough job for Taylor Jenkins but I mean hopefully Memphis recaptures the I hope so the the magic that they had early on where a lot of us were looking at like this could be a Warriors type build young guys come together they figure it out and then they rise up and climb that hill yeah, this uh, again, I'll, I'll say it this way. When the, the Jazz played the Grizzlies in the 2021 playoffs, Jazz were the one seed. I was jealous. I was like, man, I wish I was a Grizzlies fan. Like, I wish the Jazz had this, despite the fact the Jazz were the one seed, because mm-hmm. I knew Utah had a hard ceiling, even though they were one seed. And I saw what Memphis had in 2021. I was like, man, this would be so much fun to be a part of. And then they just, they just, can gather one way and with that much talent if you can't get to a conference finals and back you know in this past year and the following year the head coach has to go it's yeah. just you can't have that much talent and fail in the playoffs right exactly uh all right so let's transition to another team uh pull up a 
bracket. But I want to talk about Golden State. So, so Jordan, this is where you can, you know, perk up in your chair and everything. They are now <laughs> down. He said the Warriors, not the Lakers. We're but about the Warriors well, if you first. bring up Warriors, you got to talk about the Lakers because they're, you know, playing each other. They played last night. Lakers now have a 3-1 lead. We saw Curry have a triple-double, so he did all he could. Unfortunately, Clay Thompson only gave you nine points. Jordan Poole was – at this point, I don't really know what to say for Jordan Poole. He, he looks like a guy, at least the way I'm looking at it, who got his money, probably got a big head for it, and now is playing just – I don't know. He's playing undisciplined. Most times I see him, that's what I'm getting from him. Maybe that goes to the whole stuff in the offseason with Draymond Green and him having a little little boxing match. But the fact that the Warriors just gave Jordan Poole all this money on a contract, should Warriors fans and the Warriors start having buyer's remorse about Jordan Poole? Mm. No, I mean, he's still really young at the end of the day. This is his first year of having this big contract. Um, you know, you, when you get usually you start feeling that two, three years haven't left. Second, like, for example, next year, he's not really playing up to that contract. That's when you're like, oof, man, was that really a great idea? And then if you get to that third year, that's probably when you're like, oh, this definitely wasn't a great idea. So, I mean, overall, I think they're fine for now. He's still a good player. I mean. He had he's had some great moments this season still too. I think you just kind of have to give it some time. You know, we saw how he got when he how he was when he first got that contract. I mean, he got hit in the face by Draymond Green because he's acting a little different. I think you know he'll get into his own headspace. He'll get humbled. I, it doesn't seem like really there's any big issues with Jordan Poole. It's just sometimes he makes some stupid mistakes, and that's because he's young. You know, Curry doesn't take the best shots. Look at that game, for example, yesterday. Clay and oh, Curry man. took two horrible oh, threes late down the stretch. And the Clay really one, nobody I, said I still too have much. no explanation for that one. Yeah, and nobody really said too much about it. So, I mean, yeah. it, it happens. He'll learn over time, and he'll make the right make, make right decisions, make right shots. I mean, he has a great coach, Steve Kerr, to help him in those situations. Great players around him like Draymond, Curry, Clay, just veterans of the game, Andre Iguodala, like – he, he, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He just has to figure it out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call buyer's remorse necessarily. I would say that he's he's definitely playing like a guy that got paid, playing like the guy we'd see years ago in the NBA that played in a contract year, got his bag, and then regressed a little bit. So there's definitely a little bit of, of frustration with that, his defense and his, his hero ball antics, the times where he feels like he needs to be a guy that's taking the shot instead of clay or steph and then obviously you, you can't rule out the fact that you know draymond punched him and i know draymond's a hothead but he's not just going to punch a teammate for no reason and it's going to cause a whole it just caused a lot of issues there but again the loss yesterday wasn't because of pool mm -hmm. they melted down at the end there steph had those two really bad shots Clay had that bad shot. Draymond Green just threw the ball away out of a timeout. Just yeah. like just threw Curry, Curry had that throw after he caught it off of the throw in. Like I, I, I watched, I watched the highlights again because I'm like, did I miss something or, or was it just that bad? And it's something we don't expect to see from a team like the Warriors that are so well coached, have such high basketball IQ to just 
fall apart like that. And, and I know Steph makes those shots all the time, but even a guy can make a shot and you can be a fan of the team and go, oh, that, was, that wasn't the smart play. It just it worked. And so the Warriors lost because of that, not because of Jordan Poole. But again, he needs to improve on defense. He needs to be part of the team and the system, but he's still a really good <laughs> offensive player. I agree with that. All right, Jordan, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like Jordan Poole, um, I mean, he's like, he's inconsistent. Like in like the game, I think it was game one or game, like the other night's game. He hit, he, I think it was game one when he hit that, like that shot that was a deep shot when it was a, he was open, but it was just clunked off the left side of the rim. Uh, he just he just uh, he's a good defensive point guard. He he can give you valuable minutes off the bench, but like I don't know. I think he's just like does he play like he's getting um, 120 million? I mean, I'm breaking. I'm looking at his contract. I mean, average salary 32 point 32 million. Uh, he 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 he's earning 123 million at signing, um, and. Like he's good, he's good with money until 2027. But like, does he deserve that contract? Like, I mean, maybe it's too early in the contract to figure that out because he's still young. But as far as I've seen right now, like he's just building houses with he's he's building real estate with the bricks he's missing. Like, I, and that's just like so. But the series, um, like the question was about the series, right? Just of itself. Um, uh, so just, I think just that, about. Jordan Poole and, okay, and, yeah. and the Warriors, the kind of situation that they find themselves in being down 3-1. Yeah, it's and, just like yeah. it's like Jordan Poole, like I don't know, man. Um like 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 Jake said, like Draymond wouldn't punch a player like just for to punch a player, like you know, Jordan's his ego kind of got in his way for sure. Cause he's he's like, oh, he's big money, like. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't think he plays like big money. I don't think he plays like that. But maybe I'm a fool for saying that because maybe it's too early in his contract to – maybe he has to prove to me that he can, you know, carry a second team. Like, we all know Russell Westbrook can carry a second team rather than the first team. We all – we can rely on him to do that. Poor he's, like, inconsistent. I know Russell, Russell can't – he's an inconsistent shooter, but you know that Russell will lay his heart out on the line. Jordan Poole, like, I don't see him hustling for balls. See him just bricking and just turn the ball over. So that's um, a great point, Jordan. But I'll ask, I'll put this question here because you had his contract pulled up, and I have it here too. Nah, if he was an yeah. unrestricted free agent this off season, would some team offer him four years, one twenty eight? Would some would someone offer him a big bag? Some you know Detroit, uh, I'm naming teams: New Orleans, Utah, Washington. Someone would offer him back because he's twenty three years old and he can go nuclear. And so you have to take into account as well with that contract that the uh, NBA media rights are going to be renegotiated soon. And that salary cap is going to increase. It's not going to be as sharp as we saw in 16, because it's going to be more gradual, but a, a $30 million contract isn't going to feel like $30 million in a couple of years when that new TV money hits. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm looking like this year, he's getting 27 something million next year. getting 29. Then then it's going up in 2025, 2026 year, 31 million. Then he's getting 34 million in 2026 his last year. And then he's a he's an unrestricted free agent in 2027. So like is Jordan Poole gonna be playing like a 29 million dollar player in 
2026? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think this playoff is like a little sample size of what we could see, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Paul is just needs to play like he's he's getting paid like one, like like that player. So I think it'll be. Maybe he has okay. to prove it. I mean, I think it'll be okay. It's, it's, he has to prove it. I mean, yeah, I brought up the question just to get the conversation going, but I do think with Pool, I think part of it is he might be putting too much pressure on himself to help Curry with the scoring load because we've seen Clay Thompson struggle at times. We know Draymond Green isn't a scorer necessarily. Another guy in Andrew Wiggins who last night was almost getting the Dylan Brooks treatment. They were leaving him open on the perimeter, and he just couldn't buy a three-pointer. So I think maybe a lot of that's worked into this. You know, looking at the structure of the contract, it goes up each year because I'm sure Golden yeah. State's assuming he's going to get better each year. Then by the end of the contract, when he's making 30-plus, he's going to be playing like a 30-plus million type of guy. And maybe in some circles, he might be a bargain at that point. That's crazy. So that's what Golden State's hoping. You know, yep. Anthony said, don't blame Poole from one game. Yeah, I'm not, you know, trying to do that. But um, just wanted to bring it up and see see what you guys thought. But, yeah, I, I think Jordan. No, he's – Poole's forcing it. That's a great point, Kyle. Yeah. Like he's forcing it and he's yeah, trying he, too he hard. He's not it. He's not doing what LeBron does so often and let the game come to him. He's trying to force his – his, his, his trying to force his footprint, his handprint onto the game, and that's not how the Warriors play basketball. Sajin do appreciate the the update. I mean, oh wait, the game right now. Yeah, they started at like seven or something. Forty. Wait, Celtics are beating the Celtics right now. Yeah, it's forty-two to thirty as of right now. It's twelve points. Yeah, that's come on. NBA, that's that's nothing. What quarter is it? First quarter, second quarter, second Second quarter. quarter. There's like eight, seven or eight minutes left. I I was trying to. I mean, I I didn't forget basketball was on. I didn't know they started. Yeah, East Coast, you guys started a little early. Oh, you only, like, so you're not worried, right? I mean, it's 2 2, right? It's 2 2. Yeah. Celtics are down 3 2 to the Bucks last year. I did, like, um, I did like, I did like that that game. Um, the, the after he shot like the corner three to like put him up, um, that dude that survived the shooting, um, it was nice. Uh, uh, John How, jo- Joe Howe, or John Howe, or I think it was John Howe. Um, from Michigan, the, the the Michigan survivor, um, Harden signed some shoes for him. And I remember I saw on social media, um, I think James Harden and Face found the guy at the hospital. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I promise you, I'm gonna give you some shoes, man. So, um, I was confused at, at who was in the wheelchair, but then I looked it up, and it was a guy that survived the Michigan um, campus shooting. So that's pretty nice of him to do that to sign blue shoes and give them to him. That's what that, that's what the NBA, you know, is all about. NBA cares. That's what they kind of still had that around there. So. I know Tatum does a lot around the community. Jalen Brown does a lot for the social justice movement. So, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of players that. that, that, you know, do community outreach type stuff and, you know, may hear about some of it, some of it you don't hear about. But, yeah, a lot of these teams understand that without the community, they don't have a fan base. So you got to get out there and make yourselves known, you know, act like you are a part of the community because to a lot of fans, if they go to a game or two, like you're you're a part of their lives in one way or the other. They're rooting for you, 
want you to win a championship. You kind of got to return that with the fans and do 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 some things. Like, yeah, because I agree. The James Harden thing, it, it was great to see that. Even though he had to hit the three, but no, I don't care. I was, mm-hmm. When that ball's in the air, I was like, just back rim it. Galen Brown, that was, his, that was his fault. His defense was kind of like. That's, that's the natural instinct. When Embiid gets the ball that low, a lot of guys feel like they have to we, crash down to force him to pass it out, and he was just a little late getting back out. Well, the rule of basketball, I mean, I was I was growing up, it's when you're in that position, you're supposed to, like, have your back turned to the, like, kind of have that, that hat so you can see the player on the ball. Like, he had his back turned. So like, he knew Harden was there. No, he, he did. Lost I thought he had his back turned. No, but he knew Harden was I mean, in the court. It, it, was a, it was a good contest. It was like a very, very late contest, but he still put a hand up. But he was just. Yeah, he still got back into the play. And that was just his length. Like his, length yeah. his body length got to there. That was still hard contest. Yeah, Harden just hit a tough late. shot. Yeah. And, then, and then Tucker, not Peter Tucker, Marcus Smart kind of hit the boils a little millisecond late. But. Yeah. I want to ask Kyle about this since you're you know, the Celtics fan, since we're mm-hmm. moving on to that that game. What are your thoughts on – there's two things that I was thinking about the game when I was looking at it again. One is the not calling a timeout when mm-hmm. they're – that last possession. And two, with – I guess it kind of goes along with that timeout. Would you want Marcus Smart still in there instead of uh, Brogdon in the lineup for that last possession? Right. Uh, so with that – I've seen it all year. Missoula is a is the type to not necessarily use all of his timeouts. It was an issue early in the season. A lot of the players said they appreciated that, that he let them kind of work out tough situations late in the game. I think that's fine for the regular season. The playoffs, I feel like I would have liked to have seen them call a timeout when it looked like they were kind of taking a little bit too long to get into the action that they wanted to. It took way too long. Right. And I can also look at the other side of that and be, this is Missoula's first year as a coach, his first playoff run. Hopefully he learns from that. You know, a lot of, you know, Boston isn't the most forgiving city. I saw a lot of people on Twitter who were like, oh, Emei wouldn't have done that. Well, Emei's in Houston. You got to move on at this point. Missoula, I feel like is a really good coach. I think he acts like an NBA player as a coach, which I actually like about him because he's really intense. He'll he don't smile. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, he doesn't at all. He he kind of does the Greg Popovich thing with yeah. reporters, like, where they kind of ask a question. He keeps it really stoic. Yeah, yeah, He'll yeah. participate in practice, and he plays like a madman. But I think the players like that about him. So for me, it's like if the players are cool with it, then I'm fine with it. And even with the play, as long as it took, Marcus Smart was like 0.3 away from hitting the game winner, and then we're not even talking about this. So I I think Missoula has kind of developed his coaching style throughout the season, but it's not the best look for him right now. I just feel like you have to take a timeout in that situation. If it's overtime, they were down by one. Mm-hmm. Just, just get the play. I get the sentiment where a lot of and a lot of other teams do this, where you don't want to let the defense get set or right. make any yeah. substitutions. I, I understand that, but at the same time, like if you win this game, it's you go up three one. You have a stranglehold. Mm-hmm. You just, you just have to do it. And especially when the play is not developing, just take the timeout, tell everyone to calm down and get the play in. But right. 
but hopefully, like you said, hopefully for for Boston, for him, he learns and and next time he knows, okay, I got to make sure and call the call the timeout. Yeah, because after the game, he was asked about it. At first, he was kind of like the execution wasn't there, and then later on, he was like, yeah, I probably should have just called the timeout there and reset right, everything. Right. So it, it is what it is. But in a city like Boston, everybody's like, you know, Milwaukee's out. We got to make the finals. We should win the finals. How could you lose that game? Blah blah blah. And it's like. Yeah, it'd be it's nice. Two, Look, two. I would love to see the Celtics win it all, but I can also prepare myself if they don't necessarily win it all to move on. I don't have to like bash the whole team because a lot of people also, whenever they lose, they bring up the whole Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, who's better than who? Do you have to move one of them? I'm like, I thought we were past this. No, you keep both of those people that yeah. say they should trade Jalen Brown. No, you keep both of them. Well, yeah. Jalen didn't he didn't he have didn't he have issues like or did he square them out? Because I remember he was saying how like, he doesn't really feel value because Tatum is like there and like he doesn't have an issue. That was blown way out of proportion because they they asked him like, do you plan on staying in Boston? His answer was literally what free agency is about. He's like, if the team wants me here, I would stay here. But it's up to if the team wants me or not. That's what free agency is. He could say, I want to be in Boston. But if the team is like, oh, we don't want you, then he's going to have to go somewhere else. And be weird. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the, the Celtics organization loves the fact of Brown and Tatum, the development that they've had together. I think they're going to keep it together. But, you know, we won't know until he signs a new deal. And, plus if and, make- and if and if he makes all NBA, makes it a lot easier because then exactly. he can qualify for that money. Otherwise, with the way that the NBA rules are structured, I think Boston can't offer him as much money as other teams. That's all it's, weird. So hopefully, weird, yeah. hopefully for for Brown for the Celtics, he gets that third forward spot and can get the max deal. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right, Heat Knicks. I had a question about that one. Julius Randle, he, he's a guy I've talked about a lot where um, his game at times can be frustrating. But my question is, can Julius Randle be the Knicks' number one option or number two if you're looking at Jalen Brunson as the lead guy there if the Knicks want to win a title? Or do they have to move him or bring somebody else in that's better than him? So can he be like a top guy on your team if you're trying to win a, a title? Um, I don't think he could confidently ever be the number one guy. I think he would have to be a two, um, which sucks because he is someone who is making a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a two, but if the question is, do I think he can lead a playoff team? I don't. Um. You know, I'm not sure if Jalen Brunson is that one option as well. I mean, he's someone who's good, but it, is, it isn't like Jalen Brunson is like, you know, dropping 30 on a consistent night can be confidently be your lead scorer every night. You know, Brunson does well in other things, being a playmaker and different things like that. Um, it's tough. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he could lead a team, but I would say he would be a solid two maybe a three option for a championship team but definitely not the leader yeah i i agree like i like julius randall it's cool to see a player with the skill set 
but he can't be the one. And you could even argue he may not even be good enough to be a two. Like Jalen Brunson's not a one on a contending team, but he's a better one for this team than Randall currently is. Wait, and a lot of it just has, has to well, do with Randall's ability. His game doesn't translate as well into the postseason. We saw it a couple years ago where he disappeared in the Knicks playoff run. This year, he's had some good games. He's also had some stinkers. So I just I don't think that it can translate to a team. He might have to be a third. He might have to be a third option that's really overpaid. But I, I number one, there's no way. There's no way for number one. Okay. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Dylan. I think that um, like uh, Randall. I mean, I think I think it's turning the playoffs. Like some players are just inconsistent. Like Randall has a hot game, and he has a cold game. Then he turns the ball over, and then he's just like, oh, he's just like a can- a cancer to to the team. Like in, in a way where he's taking. He, I don't know. I think this is just that one year when they play. I think it was like the was it the like they played the Hawks. Like he, that was his best best kind of like that year. That was a couple of years ago. I think during the pandemic or no, that was after the pandemic. Yeah, it was, it was, was twenty one, and they lost and they lost in the first round of the Hawks. And that was his. Yeah, yeah. He made an All NBA team. It made all that, and that's why he yeah, got that was like his best year. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. I, like I don't think he can be. Maybe he can be like a one on like a team that needs like a veteran guy, like the Hornets or like somebody. But like on like a team like the Celtics or like a top contending team like the Bucks, I don't think he can be like that that guy. Um, I, I think Brunson does like ignite a fire that the Knicks needed at a point of position because they, they they wanted Mitchell, but we all saw that. I mean, then, I mean, we all think that the Knicks kind of won that. They stole Brunson because um, now Cleveland is out of the playoffs. Cause, but um, but I don't know. I mean, I think Randall. He's just inconsistent for me, and like he can't shoot, man. As he can't shoot, he, he he shoots so bad that his son looks at him like, "Why are you shooting this, Dad?" <laughs> so it's like, and now that the All Star game at the three point contest where there's nobody in front of your face like that's just you and the rim like i know it's a little fun all-star weekend all that but i don't i don't think he should have been in the three-point contest to be honest i don't he was a he was an injury replacement and i don't look yeah, he was, that. oh he was an injury, he was an injury replacement. replacement he found out a couple days before i don't put that three-point contest against him but he yeah. isn't a great shooter i will i will say that no um, his, his game doesn't translate to the postseason and we see seen it before it just doesn't just doesn't work Right, right. Um, but I, I mean, I think that the Knicks got a point guard in, in Brunson. I know some people say that that duo with the Villanova uh, boys, uh, Hart, and I think, like you said, I think on my show, like you said, Hart would be better on the bench rather than starting like a bench role. So I don't know who would feel. Well, I know quickly he's out. I think he's been hurt. Um, so I'm surprised he hasn't really doesn't like get his, some time. I think Quickly's another bench guy too. I well, think I if think the Knicks has- want, if the Knicks want to become a legit Eastern contender. I think they need to bring in a guy who's going to make Brunson a complimentary player, like the number two guy. That way he's able to do a lot of his playmaking, hustle plays and all that. Because right now with him having to do all that and be your top scorer, that's a lot to ask for Jalen Brunson to do. So if they bring yeah. in somebody in the offseason who becomes their clear number one guy, I think they'll be better. Brunson mm-hmm. becomes your two. Then 
need to get more out of RJ Barrett, to be honest, as well. Yeah. So I it's think it's crazy that we're R- talking about talking about this Knicks teams on who can be a one and a two, and it's like RJ Barrett should be this one that we're talking about. That's true. Yeah. So Barrett and Randall, like if you're gonna tell me there you're like your number three and number four, okay, maybe you have something. Even oh, though absolutely. Randall's game, I, absolutely. I don't like Randall's game at all, but you know, if he's like your third, fourth guy, you can kind of live with it. But the way it is right now, they're going to consistently be five, six seed, maybe win a series every couple of years, but they're not going to make a deep run. Now, I say all that, maybe they come back from the 3-1 lead and they're an Eastern Conference Finals team, but I still would want to see them make those changes in the offseason for sure. I agree. I agree. All right, so the last series, Nuggets and Suns. Wait, you talking about the Lakers and the Warriors, or we talk about this more pool and stuff? Oh, I guess we didn't do enough Lakers talk. Oh, uh, I mean, I thought I thought you were talking about no, the pool. We, yeah, we did talk a lot about uh, the Warriors for that series, so we, we could revisit that one and go with the Lakers. Um, so we'll Let's the talk Lakers and Suns, and then we'll come back to your Lakers. Yeah, How about okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. Nuggets Suns, then we'll go back to the Lakers. Oh, yeah. So Nuggets Suns tied it to who do you think has the advantage in this series? Because we know game five is a pivotal one. And who do you think has the advantage? Right that? Is that in Denver? Or is that it's Denver in Denver. Or it's in Denver. And it's tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm who gonna has s- the momentum going into game five? It's tough. I'll, I'll go first. I think the Suns, you could argue, probably have the momentum because they've won the last two games. Mm-hmm. But I, the concern that I have with this series is really coming down to the the Phoenix's depth. They really don't have any since they when they made the trade for Kevin Durant, which was a smart move. I'm not going to try and knock it, but mm-hmm. they gave up a ton of depth on their roster. You lose Chris Paul; he's hurt, and you look at the the minutes that these dude that the Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are playing. It's a lot of minutes. It's 40 plus minutes of playoff basketball every game, including in the first round when they played the Clippers. And you shouldn't be having to play uh, Booker and Durant 40 minutes when you're going up against the Clippers when they don't have their two best players. Like, let's be real. If, if Russell Westbrook is their best player, you shouldn't need like a 44 minute game from Kevin Durant or a 42 minute game from Devin Booker. They needed that to finish the series off. And then the last five games, or last four, yeah, four games this series, Devin Booker's played at least 40 minutes, and Kevin Durant's had three 40-minute games and one 36-minute game. That's my concern here, is that they, yeah, and then the CP3 successor. They don't really have a good backup point guard. That was a big thing they didn't get this offseason. We don't, even if it comes back, groin injuries are so tricky. They're so tough because you can't, there's, you just have to wait. You just have to wait for them to get better. And he's had this injury before. We saw it derail the 2018 Houston Rockets when he hurt his groin and thinking game six and then missed game seven. And they just, or maybe he hurt in game five, whatever it was, they ended up losing that series to the Warriors. It's, they just don't have the, the ammunition, the depth I worry about to go and keep playing all these games. I don't love what I've been seeing from the Nuggets, but the, the depth and the minutes 
really worry me about the Suns, especially with Kevin Durant, who's had a bunch of injuries throughout his career, and he's older. He's got a bunch of miles on him. I just I worry about that. But as far as momentum goes, the Suns still have it. It's just a matter of are they going to run out of gas before they can cross the finish line? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whoever wants to jump in next. Um, let me see. Um, I was gonna say that. I mean, I, I mean, like outside of Denver's. I mean, I saw like Caldwell Pope and like, uh, like, like Kyle said, Uncle Uncle Jeff, um, on the bench. I mean, I mean, what is what kind of depth does Denver have outside of like Caldwell Pope? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I obviously the Suns. Uh, bench is kind of. I mean, I, I did like their center um, that that came in for Aiden. He, he uh, Monty Williams is now playing uh, Terrence Ross and TJ Warren. That's that. That's some good, solid couple of minutes they they can get from them. I know me and Kyle hate uh, Cameron Payne, but it is what it is. He did have a good game, get a couple good shots. Um, so I mean, their bench is, is average, but it's not the best. But I mean, I, I mean. I was looking at the Denver's bench other than um like Caldwell Pope, but like I don't they're kinda their bench is kinda skeptic too. Other than oh Jeff Green too, but other than that, it's kinda like even as far as their depth. So I think yeah, that, I, think, I think Denver has more proven guys off their bench because you well, know Jack Jackson, Green right? knows who he is. They have who? I thought didn't they have Reggie Jackson on that team? Or yeah. yeah. Oh, had he played at all this year? I series? haven't seen him a lot. No, he didn't. He hasn't played. The issue isn't so much, I think, for me at least, with the depth. Like Denver's does have a better bench, but it's not great. The mm-hmm. concern is more along the lines of how much pressure you're putting on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, where they each have to score 35 a night to like, win these games. The that's only... that's my concern with how they can sustain. How can you sustain that high scoring, high minutes kind of a deal, similar to what you could be concerned with? With the the 76ers, can you depend on Harden and Embiid to have these big nights over and over again? That's more yeah. my concern. Both benches aren't great or anything to write home about. It's the mileage that you're going to put on wow. in these games where you're playing every other day, including travel. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the like Denver's like in game three or game four they played um they the only bench players they played was Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, and and Braun. Um, the Johnny didn't play. Watson didn't play. Uh, Carden, DeAndre Jordan, Thomas Bryant didn't play. Ish Smith didn't play. But on the Suns, they have like Craig, Warren, Lindell, Shamit. Can't forget about him. Nineteen points. Had game game my four. Boy, my Wichita State boy. Um, Lindell, um, Ross had eight. Gave you eight. I know Craig gave you zero. Had you zero stat line. Um, so I think they they have a little bit more depth when it comes to like the Suns because they play them more. But they only play three players on the Denver like bench players: Jeff Green. The thing is with the Most Suns, a lot of the, a, a lot of the Suns guys. bench is a lot of players that have been there a couple of years. You know, I, only thing that's different is they lost a couple of the players they played with, but their superstars are still there. You know, they got Chris Paul, they got Devin Booker. Like the core of that team is still there in a sense. Only thing that's different is you got Kevin Durant, and I don't imagine Kevin Durant makes it harder to play basketball. Yeah, because you only got in game four, you only got eleven points. I mean, this is all right. I mean, they're eleven points from their bench. Uh, Green had five, Brown had five, and then Brown had one. So I mean, I don't know what kind of depth that is. But... Yeah, the only thing is, like I said, playoffs you don't you you don't usually go past nine guys. 
Well, I'm the same. Like, I mean, well, Warren had five that game. Mundell had eight. Shaman had 19, and Terrence had eight. But Shaman yeah. having 19 is exactly what you want. That, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I forgot about him. I forgot about him on the bench. Like, that was also Phoenix and Monty Williams searching. Yeah, yeah, that was trust. Was, that, that, that was the first game Monty Williams decided to play those two, right? Terrence, yeah. So, I guarantee you going from here on out, he's not going to play all of those guys each game. Just yeah, your, your concern is can you can Kevin Durant and Devin Booker play 40 42 minutes a, a night get on a plane make the travel and then play 40 minutes again the next night when we come if it goes to seven which I think it will that's the concern for for being worn down is, is specifically those two players when you need them to get 35 a night yeah yeah I mean if if Booker and Katie can do it. More power to him. But I'm sure for Monty Williams, he would love to see whether it's a Shamit or oh, Terrence Ross be a consistent third scorer where you can depend on for like 15 to 18 a game. And then everybody else can kind of fill in a little bit here and there. But it, like you said, Jacob, it turns into Booker having to drop 40 a game and Katie having to drop 40 a game for you to have a shot at beating Denver. It might work this round, but then you have to do it all again in an Eastern Conference Finals and then possibly the finals. That That's a lot to ask of them. It's a lot of minutes, a lot of wear and tear. Yep, yep. absolutely. Okay. And if you go up against a team like, sorry, this is not to sell the okay. Lakers short or anything, but if you go up against a team like the Warriors in that in that sense – you know, the Lakers, the Lakers are really good defensively. That's where, like, they can keep the games low scoring. But when it comes to the Warriors, like, you want to get into a shootout with them. That is the last team you want to play shootout basketball with. It. You don't exactly. want to play, I can score more than you with the Warriors. Yeah. Well, like you, have Kev- you have Kevin Durant. That's cool. But mm-hmm. Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Like, those those guys know a thing, of, too, about, you know, good offenses. So, it'd be rough. Right. Well, we'll use that to transition back to Warriors Lakers. Now, talk about the Lakers really quickly. Um, so, look at the game. What we've seen so far in this series is if the Warriors are hitting their perimeter shots, which they did in the one game that they won, they can win a game. If they struggle from the perimeter, then they struggle as a team because the Lakers, you know, can pack in their defense, control the boards and then get out and run when it's convenient to them. Or, you know, they, they can at least come at you with more diverse players where, you know, AD and LeBron can get to the rim. You know, well, Lonnie Walker last night was playing on the perimeter. You have Reeves. You have different ways you can do it, whereas with the Warriors – Lonnie Walker. Yeah. With the Warriors, it's a lot of – if they get into the lane, they're not necessarily looking to finish at the rim. It's more of – seeking out the guy in the perimeter for an open three. So as we've yeah. seen for, from the first four games in this series, who would you say has been the best player for the Lakers so far? It's Anthony Davis. He He's the one that's wrecking havoc on this team. I love LeBron James. I, I always have. But Anthony Davis is the key to this team. 
when he has his big games, that's when they win. He's protecting the paint. He's able to guard out on the perimeter. We saw that towards the end of the game uh, yesterday where he was guarding uh, Steph Curry and forces two really bad shots. Anthony's de- Anthony Davis's defense played a big part in that. I think he's the most important player in the team. If he goes out, if he has a bad half or a bad game, they're not they're not winning those games. You have your D'Lo game, you have your D'Angelo Russell game, your Lonnie Walker game. You have those role players that have those big moments, but you're not getting there without Anthony Davis. As much as I love LeBron, AD's been the focal point for this, and he should be. He's he's stronger, he's taller, and he's bigger than everyone on the Warriors. He should be feasting with how talented he is. Yeah, I would agree with Jake. I think the best player on the court is AD. Um, I think like Lonnie had a step up and off the bench and had a good role last last game. Um, I think like like. In order for like a team like to make make it to the finals or even win a finals, a team has to run like a like a like an oil machine. Like everyone has to participate. And the Lakers have I'm not saying the Warriors don't have that. Um I mean, they, they play like a manga, but like everyone contributes off the bench. You got um they like Schroeder going to the rim, getting fouls, going to the line. You have Roy Hashimura, which I love the love, love the move that they got young dude. Still proven. Um, he can go to the rim. He can shoot. Stretch, stretch big. Um, Monty Walker. Um, surprised he hasn't played a little more, but he played. He stepped up when needed to. He'll play more now. He'll play more now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the biggest player on that team, or the important player, is AD, because um, we all know that you know the Lakers run when AD like when AD has the ball. Um, that's why you know it's it's important for AD to find his shot mid range, back people down. I mean, we always know that we, we obviously know that the matchup between Looney and AD is is not fair because yeah, Looney can get you twenty three boards or twenty one boards, but he's not as quick as AD. AD is more the agile center, uh, so he should be feasting, like Jake said. Um, but it's all but if but the Lakers can't win unless AD touches the ball. I'll, at least every other play, um, I think, or every play if it's possible. Um, like I've always told Gene and other people, like, you know, Warriors, they don't – yeah, they do drive um, to the rim, but they're more of a shooting team. Um, and that game was back and forth, like, last night. It was fourth quarter, like, it was Warriors were scoring, then Lakers were tied up, and then it was three-point game Warriors way. I think one time it was 12 point Warriors way and then Lakers brought it back. So um we gotta give credit to Lakers where the credits do. But um I I mean my opinion is Lakers before I hand it to Dylan and then you call. Um I think my prediction is uh, maybe it's a homework opinion, but I think Lakers wanna end it in Golden State because they know that this Larry is tied two two in Phoenix. Um they can get their rest, but maybe Warriors have a hot night tomorrow night. And then they just win it in LA. But I think that if it, I'm, I'm crazy, I'm going to say this, but I think if it goes to a game seven, Lakers might m- might lose it, and they might like kind of put the, put the foot put the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. What's happening here? I, I do I agree. I mean, surprised you think it goes no, to seven, I mean, the Lakers I, might I mean, lose. It, well, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree in a sense. You know, the Warriors are those that team. They yeah. just need you know one one run, one, one run. If you night. get it to seven game. They're, they have momentum. That team and lives that off game will of be momentum. in Golden State, right? Yep. It, yeah, yeah, it will be in San that's, Francisco. Yep. So that's why I think the Lakers are not kind of putting the foot together. They want to get that rest a little bit as they can. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, 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 I'm not scared that they're going to lose, but it's a chance that they can lose. I don't know, man. It sounded a little scared to me. I don't no, know. No, I mean, I, I think. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, if they don't win in game six, oh, they'll just take care of it in game seven. The fact that you were like, yeah, they, they might lose game seven. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because right. that's why I think that, that's why I think that the game five should be like, not an easy win for Lickers, but it, it should, they should have put their foot. I don't think they're going to put their foot on the gas pedal. I think they're going to, you know, play it, play, play their best ball. Like, and Warriors might show up, or they're going to show up. I know, but I mean, so yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to be. I mean, obviously, I mean, the Lakers could win it in five or six, and then or seven, but they want to get it in five or six. Okay. My, well, Sajan put in here before he left. Yeah. Otani's getting the bag. Jordan, glad you paid Lamar. If you didn't, there was going to be some smoke in the city. <laughs> Dylan, go Hawks. Good stream, guys. Hawks. Enjoyed it. Yeah, um definitely follow me on YouTube and I know you can plug in our plug in our podcast, but if, if you want to be a chatter in my in my stream, um and follow us on JJO Sports Talk. It's on YouTube. Um definitely me and Kyle will be on there. You can hop in the chat like you do here and you know have the conversation. So definitely uh thank you for supporting, man. Like especially like last night on Monday. But um, yeah, if you're still here, yes, sir. Yep, yep. I'm on YouTube everywhere, po- uh, Apple Podcasts. It's called the JJO Sports Talk. Pull it. Yeah. Uh, but, so, Dylan, well, I mean, do you, do you agree with AD and everything? And, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, this, this, this is a series that, like I said, I've been talking about Golden State like this. The, the Golden State's a streaky offensive team. What you need to do is you need to make Curry like uncomfortable as much as you can. Because if you give him little any sort of space, he he can make you pay for it like instantly. He is his Curry's so good at just switching the tide of games that like putting constant pressure on him is good. You know, we saw what Anthony Davis did make him take bad shots, and that's what you need Curry to do. Because is really a bad shot a bad shot for Curry? Probably not. But in a sense, if you can put as much defense as you can on it, make him as much comfortable uncomfortable as you can, it helps. I think. This Lakers team is kind of, I wouldn't say built off their defense, but I would say that's a lot of where their identity has come from, especially the second half of the season. And who's the best defensive player on that team? It's Anthony Davis. I think he's doing everything, even though offensively he might not be having the greatest time, uh, especially in the playoffs. Defensively, he's still a monster. I mean, a former Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Like, look at Anthony Davis's is definitely the focal point of this Lakers team for this playoffs. You know, you still have LeBron there and he'll always kind of have that identity. LeBron also is known to be able to take over games when he wants, but you know, if Anthony Davis is killing it on the defensive team and you're blowing out the, one of the greater offensive teams because your defense is so stout, it, it helps. So yeah, I'd agree and go with the clean sweep for the three of us and say Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, and also I think another player that's important, and maybe he didn't do much last game, um, is Vanderbilt. Like he did a good job guarding AD in the or or sorry Curry in the first game. Like that, I mean, to understand that, like Vanderbilt was chasing Curry around the court like, uh, uh um, like a hawk, how a hawk chases bread. You know, he was. I mean, he 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 was on him like, and that's hard to do. Curry is a fast dude off ball, and that. So for some people, that tires player that tires someone out to chase Curry around, and he did a good job. With like, but I, I know last last game he didn't really do much. But I mean, you had to give props in game one to like 
Vanderbilt to like stop Curry from scoring because he was just on him like every play you saw him off ball like Vanderbilt was on him like kind of in his yeah. in his in in his space. So I um, literally say they need, this. They need to get they need to get faces or hands in the face of Clay Thompson. Even though he's streaky a little bit, he kind of like was missing, but he kind of that clutch three in the corner uh, to put him up. But I mean, you you got to put hands up in your up in those faces like oh, Curry and Clay because. That's what they did. They shoot, and if you could, if you try to change their shot, then that's good because they push the ball in transition. So I feel like yeah, I'm I, I, I will say this: Jared, Jared Vanderbilt, that trade, the trade the Lakers did to get Jared Vanderbilt. I will say the Lakers fleeced, and when they got Jared Vanderbilt, I thought he was going to be an exceptional piece. I thought getting him without with with what they gave up was just an instant steal, and you know he's a young defensive player, and he, he's definitely showing. Show, show, proving my point on why you know the Lakers did really good getting Vanderbilt in that trade, especially with him being as young as he is too. We'll see what that draft pick turns into in a couple of years. As the the fan of the team that owns that draft pick, we'll see Fair what enough. that draft pick turns into. But no, Vanderbilt's great. When he was with the Jazz, he was a great player. The Jazz also didn't need; they had a abundance of talent in that spot too. So that's mm-hmm. why they they had Walker Kessler, who's a better player. So, but no, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt's great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so before Kyle answer or answers the question, like. What do y'all think is gonna go? You think like it's gonna end at five? You can go, go, go to game seven? Or you... I think it's gonna go six yeah. games. And who's gonna? You think Lakers gonna win it? Uh, yeah, Lakers. I don't feel great because uh, obviously with the Warriors, they could get hot at any moment. They could. They're the team that could turn it on. And a lot of these games have been very close. But there are two blots. But there, there, there are a lot of really close games. That the Lakers won. That the you could argue last night that the the Warriors kind of threw it away with how those last few possessions went. But I still think mm-hmm. that the size and the defense, this Lakers defense is so good. We have to we have to forget who this Lakers team was before the trade. They are two completely different teams. And so you have to view them as that. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league. And I think it'll probably go to six games. I think the Warriors have too much heart and too much fight for their season to end in five games on their home court. I think it ends in six. Yeah, I I I kind of will agree. I think it ends in six, but I will take Jordan's take and say if it goes seven, it will be the Warriors. Yep, I agree. But I say it will end at six. I had Warriors in seven to start before the series. I'm sticking mm-hmm. with it. I'm going to tell you right now, if it goes to seven, the Warriors win it. I would say 100%. I'm, I'm not going to give them the win, the automatic win, but it's going to be tough for either team in game seven. So like, At that point, you're going to tell me the I mean, Warriors, Warriors won game five. They're going to ball over like they do. But I'm just saying, the Warriors would have won game five, went to L.A., won game six. Yeah, they would win game seven. I think the Lakers, if they don't win it in six, that's their that's their chance. That's what I think. Okay. I did And also yeah. with, with the – with the question, I do think AD's been the best player. I was one of those who said AD was the best player for the bubble title, even though he was kind of like secondary when talking about that title. I thought AD in that finals run, whenever the Lakers needed a bucket, gave it to AD down low, he made it happen. And we're kind of seeing that now, where defensively he gets – he, he can kind of turn the momentum that way. He'll block a shot, get the team out in transition, and, you know, the crowd gets going and everything. Or offensively, if, you know, Looney, who's been doing this, basically like standing under the rim defense and just letting big men shoot, 
because it worked on Sabonis, because Sabonis isn't the shooter that AD is, AD can walk into a free throw line jumper and make that all day. That's not that big of a deal for him. But then the issue is if Looney comes out, Looney's not the quickest guy. And AD, who grew up as a point guard, you know, he knows what to do with the ball in his hand. So I think, you know, AD is definitely the key for them. But for Golden State, they got to get Poole and Clay going. Because I, I can't expect and Curry to have 30-point triple doubles each game. The fact that Curry, Curry had, had a triple-double you know, triple last night, I was surprised when he did. Because I was like, what are the odds Curry's going to get 10 rebounds in a game? Sure enough, he did it. Wow, that kind of lets you know how that game went last night. Wiggins had plenty of opportunities to knock down big shots. He didn't. I mean, Poole, after his little run in the early in the game, he kind of was relegated to the bench. I kind of get that. I think Steve Kerr is kind of letting him, sending a message to him. If I'm going to play you, you got to be smart out there. Clay for, you know, <coughs> I, I give Clay all the credit from coming back from not only like one knee injury, but another one, then rehabbing one, tearing Achilles and all that. Look, a lot of players who have gone through that would have retired because they've been like, clearly it's not for me. But he, you can just see he doesn't look like the same guy. It seems like he's getting more and more tired as the series goes on. But we all know if he has a really good game five, he could ride that out, have another game six and a seven. So I don't think the series is over yet. I mean, it's definitely tipping towards the Lakers, but if if the Warriors can get it to six, win game six, then I, I think this series is, is up in the air. But I give AD all the credit for, for what yeah, he's Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm going to give credit to Gene, too, because he said or when uh, Looney kind of, like, played defense, he kind of played up, like, near the foul line. And, like, that's the center field for AD, like, at least a paint open. So – I mean, the reason why I think Lakers might win in five is because, like, if Lakers, Warriors allow AD to have another big game, and this is the second game, or this is the first, I think, time or first kind of game I've seen where he has, he has, because usually it was a roller coaster with him. He had one, like, 34 point game, they had an 11 point game, then a 26 point game. This is the first time back to back that they had two, they had two good games. So mm-hmm. I think he had, like, 20 something, and then uh, let me double check in game. So I can get my facts right. Um, yeah. I also say, thinking about all that, for <laughs> as ineffective Pool was, Clay Thompson, you know, Andrew Wiggins, <clears throat> it was a three-point loss with how good AD, LeBron were, Lonnie Walker coming out of nowhere. Reeves gave you contributions. So if I'm the Warriors, yes, it stinks to be down 3-1, but all things considered <clears> – <throat> Last mm-hmm. night probably should have been a blowout, and no, they were right there in it yeah. till the end. Yep. If you're the Warriors, so, you're you're upset. You're down three one. You can also look at the Warriors back. Hey, look, we've been down three one before against Oklahoma City. We came back. The core players can see that, and they they lost last night's game. The Lakers, yeah, they won, but the the Warriors had the game won. They just threw it away. They they choked, and they can look at that and say, look, as badly as we played, we were right there. We can get them mm-hmm. on home court. Ride the momentum and finish the series out. So, yeah, I was saying game three because AD had twenty five and then um, twenty five and thirteen, and then on game in game four he had uh, the, 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 the box score he had um, 
23 and 15. So it was back to back, double double. So I mean, if they if they allow 80 to go off like like he did in game three and three three and four, I mean it might be over for the Warriors, man. And then LeBron adding LeBron too, and then whoever comes in for a rope, rope like Austin Reeves might go off or whoever it's kind of next the third option. So I'm thinking like if they can contain AD and keep him, you know, contained, I don't think they can do it with Looney and Draymond. And Draymond might get fouled. Like the thing is like. The Warriors, they, they turned the ball over. I mean, I think they had 19 turnovers in game one, like 18 turnovers in game two, I think. I think 16 turnovers in game three, I think. So it's like – and that feeds Lakers because they're going on the transition. Um, that's where they get the most of their points from, like fast breaks, and then they get set in their half-court offense. But that's why I just think that if – that's why I think if the Lakers win, it's because AD has another big game. Uh, and we yeah. we we went all waiting for AD to have consistent games, so he had two back-to-back consistent games in a playoff series. So if they if they have three three times the charm, maybe can have the third third one. But if they can continue AD, then it might be over, and then they can go to Game Six. But but then they have LeBron too, so LeBron can add you, add you another twenty-one here and like ten here. But it's all about AD and. If they can contain him, so. and but I don't think they can do because Looney is AD the better center. Like he's the better, he's a more agile, uh, like player. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> he just says you know Looney is more of a ah, oh, he's more like an old school kind of slow footed. Really hangs around the rim. He doesn't want to get out in the perimeter and pick and roll and all that kind of stuff that if you put him out there like that he's going to be lost on an island so steve kerr and the rest of the coach that's going to have to come up with some type of plan to uh, i don't even know what you do like but how do you go small you, really have, have, you yeah. could go small that just means but then that's again more, more for ad yeah and coming yeah, has small, the length but he's yeah. not are they going to put a Jameco Green in there? No. Like, what, I, would, I mean, I would run him out there a little longer, maybe. If Looney is giving you nothing in terms of defense and stopping <clears> AD, <throat> you got to try something at this point. If Jamichael Green gives you one game where he can kind of contain AD, you take that and then you look at game six and maybe you try Looney again. You try both. You got to try everything at this point. Yeah. The other fear with that, though, is if you go small, that you're going to be wanting to put Draymond on him, and that's going to put Draymond Green in foul trouble, which we saw uh, in Game 4, and that's just not going to work because he's so – despite his what his stat line looks like, he's so vital to the success of this Warriors team. So I don't know, going small, it feels like it would just compound and, and worsen the issue almost because it would just allow AD to be that much easier to, to get his baskets. It basically highlights why – the Wiseman pick not working is, is really hurting you right now. Yeah, because Wiseman is supposed to be That's a, a big good man. Point when you say that, who, yeah, he's supposed to be a big man. It's supposed to be the Warriors version of AD, <clears throat> a guy mm-hmm. who could step out a little bit, play around the rim. But for whatever reason, he was either not available when they needed him or was ineffective. And now he's moved on to Detroit. So the Warriors have to find another guy like that. I'm yep. assuming probably in the draft this year. And try to get somebody there to do that. 
Yeah, interesting point with the Wiseman pick is not only did they pick the wrong player, but they also they sold really low on him. There were lots of opportunities before they traded him where he was yeah. would have been would have been valued way higher. They could have got a better player, better pick package, or something along those lines. They sold ten cents on the dollar from where he was when they could have traded him uh, earlier. So definitely a a rare misstep by that front office. Yeah. All right. Well. If you don't have anything else for the playoffs, we can go to our player guests and then uh, get out of here for this episode. All right. Let's pull up the first guy. Yeah, I'll start with this guy here. Bismack Biombo. All right, right, so we have a guy who started in 2010-2011 with the Clippers, went to the Suns in 2013-14, Traded 17-18 to the Bucks, went to the <laughs> Pelicans 20-21, and then 21-22 was a member of the Clippers. Who is this NBA player? So forth you said it. Uh was it Blesso? It's Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, yeah. Nice work. Yeah, I saw the average twenty, and I was like, "Dang, who would it be averaging 20? Because he did yeah, play. That's with, right. He did play with Chris Paul. He did play with Phoenix. He did play in Milwaukee for that one year. <clears throat> then he to be honest, with... I didn't even know he was on the Clippers right now. Yeah, I, I forgot about, about Eric that Bledsoe. Too. You haven't heard much of Eric Bledsoe this season. Yeah, I really haven't. All right, all right. Let's go. With... Here's the, here's the next player. I think you you get this one pretty quickly, to be honest with you. Sorry, 19, I mean, sorry, 99-2000 with the Clippers. 03-04, Heat. 04-05 with the Lakers. All the way until 11-12 with the Mavericks, and then to the Clippers in (laughs) 12-13. Is this Lamar Odom? I was literally thinking that. I was thinking yep. that, and I was like, I don't want to say that and be wrong. I was he like, that's Lamar Odom. He played in Miami? I forgot about that. Yeah, that's what threw me off. I, did, I didn't know if he played in Miami or not, and I didn't want to be like Lamar Odom, and Kyle be like, never played in Miami. Close. No, that, yeah, this is Lamar huh? Odom's oh, career. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to this third one. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good eye, uh, Jay. I didn't know he played for Miami. Yeah. So he hurt that with he the played. Miami year? No, he played. Yeah. yeah Lamar, Lamar had some good years. This one you'll no, probably he, either get right away or... He was a great player. Can you see that? Uh, oh, my uh, goodness. Let yeah. me maximize here. Up oh, okay, I can see it now. So, 97-98. Started with the Celtics, then moved on to Toronto. Went to the Nuggets in 98-99. Minnesota in 2000-2001. The Pistons, 0203. Then back to Denver, 0809. Um, then to the Knicks, 1011. Clippers, 1112. Uh, and then ended back in Detroit, 1314. Man, this is a, this is a tough one. So excited with Boston. Is it Chauncey Billups? 
It is Chauncey Billups, yeah. Oh, it yes, totally is. Go. Nice work. Wow. He started I in, was, he started I was, in I was reading it and the 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 a bunch the stints in Detroit and New York like helped. And then I was just like, I believe Billups also played on the Celtics. And so I just took a shot and went for it. Yeah, he went he got on the, he played on Minnesota too. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, remember, so I, like, I, I remember all, for some reason, when it comes to Chauncey Billups, I just remember all the other weird teams he played for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was drafted by the Celtics the Rick Pitino years, and then Rick Pitino moved him out. I can't even remember for who, but yeah, that, that was kind of the beginning of the end of Rick Pitino in Boston. Yeah, that's nice Chauncey part. Billups. We each got one. Yeah, yeah, we all got one. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll work on some other players for next week. But, I mean, you guys have anything that you want to say before we get out of here? Go ahead and do that. No, this is a good show. A good yeah, show. Great, great show. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Glad for the chat. Looking forward to next week. Looking forward to some great basketball we got going on next couple of days. And when we get back, probably, maybe, we should have our conference final set, maybe, potentially. We should. Possibly. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think we probably should. Game, by the yeah. Five we should. Wednesday, and then yeah. So even Lakers, if both then... Western conferences go to Game Sevens, like I, ugh, I guess, like, I guess, I guess if the Lakers Warriors go to Game Seven, we might be no, there no, we'll, or not yet. We should have. We should have everything there. We should have everything set okay. up. Okay. Good. 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 But we will also know yeah. all NBA by next week, so mm-hmm. that's gonna be. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm really interested to see who these guards are going to be on it. I, I really want to know what direction. As long as Shea's yeah. on there, Shea, oh Shea's going to be on there. It's probably going to be Shea and Donovan be, yeah. first. But Shea's going to be yeah, first team. Sometimes these voters get get wild and put a name. That, that's true. On the first team That'd that does first time on a team, there. so he'd be he'd be eligible to get a supermax next time he's up, wouldn't he? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. And we know that that's tied into all NBA, so a guy might get left off. That's going to be the talking point that now you mess with his money. And that's you know. the situation the NBA put themselves in. So hopefully the voters do right by the players. I like it. And put the right I like, I, to be fair, I like it. I like it. I would. I like it in a sense. I would like it a little more if we would. It, it sucks because it's like as fans, I wish we could vote on it, but then we look at like the all star voting and we're like, this and it's is so why garbage. We, yeah, this is why <laughs> we as fans don't get to pick. Yeah, but oh, it, I mean, I yeah, I, I, I like it. You know, I think no. we should be rewarded for the accolades and being an MVP defensive player of the year means you can get more money. I'm always fine yeah. with that. No, it, it's good. The only thing that you could possibly argue is that it can put teams that aren't that are either smaller market or not well run into a hostage situation where one player has one lucky year in that period and they have to pay him. And I'm talking about the Washington Wizards and Bradley Beal, how he's a $250 million guy contract wise, but nobody would ever pay him that. That's but that's an outlier. More years than not, mm-hmm. as far as for what this what this does, especially with the talent we have in the league today. There's very few players where they get a third team and you're like, is he really an all NBA guy? Now we're having a hard time getting uh whittling it down to just the fifteen for the yeah, I mean and then it's like this with all sports, regardless of NBA, like the talent is just getting so strong. It's like, man, like NFL is a great example. Like you look at this like seventh round pick and it's like, yeah, he's killing it in the league right now. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, all of these dudes probably do the same stuff now. Like, 
probably do the same, most of the same workouts. And it just matters about mindset a lot of the times now. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, got nothing <clears throat> else. Like Jake said, you know, definitely want to thank those in the chat. You know, Sige and Anthony Price, Jory. Uh, I think there's a few others, but those ones I remember. But um, we're here every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. You know, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We have the wrestling podcast coming up, I think, 9.30. Lying in the sand. I'm sure they have a lot to talk about with the WWE Draft, Night of Champions, all that good stuff. So, you know, if you're into wrestling, definitely tune into them. Yeah, which was great. Puerto Rico, look, shout out to them. They they made that show really good in Puerto Rico. That that should have been the main event because the actual main event kind of sucked. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens, but you know, Bad Bunny, he's kind of like Jake Paul. You put him in a ring, you, you get something. It works. Yeah, he's killing it. I, it I will be completely honest. Like I didn't really know who Bad Bunny was until he started show, showing up on WWE a little bit ago, like his WrestleMania stuff, um, and like. He's just blown up, and like the amount of amount of work he puts into WWE, definitely, definitely, I'm glad he's getting the reception he's getting because he he does he obviously you can tell he does a great job at training and just practicing and just the love for the overall like I'll call it a sport a love for the overall sport. No, it is. It's a sport. I'm rocking my Sting shirt right now. It's a sport. Like fair enough. It's a sport. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the respect anyway who comes from the entertainment circle and actually dedicates to try to be, you know, it's not like he's just in the ring. It's like, Oh, he's just there for, yeah. you know, name notoriety or whatever. Yeah. Like he's actually putting in work to be like when uh, Floyd May- Mayweather beat the big show at WrestleMania. Oh, God, that was... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hey, big show, get on the knee. Oh, I punched you. Yay. Oh, or uh, but... Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone and that tag team match in WCW back in, like 96, 97. I found that kind of hilarious. Just look, as, look as a huge Utah program. Jazz fan back then, I loved it. But looking back as like an adult wrestling fan, I'd be like, really? We have yeah. all this talent and we're going to put th- these views up. But I get it. But but yeah. it's cool when people, when people from other sports take it serious and look like mm-hmm. actual professional wrestlers as opposed to what we saw 10, 20 years ago with these celebrities. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Got a wrestling product podcast coming on so they'll talk more about that but as for us myself dylan jordan jake it's the big three podcast and we will see you next week enjoy the rest of your night